When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock in this audio-only Thursday pod. And Bo Brock, uh, goodness gracious, Cardinals are having some issues with their interior offensive line ahead of a ferocious Philadelphia Eagles pass rush. What do you make of it? Yeah, checking out practice on Thursday and still seeing Rodney Hudson not on the practice field, not seeing Justin Pugh, and even a backup guy like Max Garcia not in there. And the Cardinals potentially having to rely upon guys like Sean Harlow and Billy Price, a guy they just signed, or Coda Martin could be elevated from the practice squad against a uh, ferocious front seven from the Philadelphia Eagles that has a 30% pressure rate, uh, tops in the NFL. Big time concern. I mean, you felt like this Arizona Cardinals team was trending in the right direction as far as health-wise, and they are across the board outside of the interior of that offensive line, and we know how big that is. Kind of the Achilles heel of Cliff Kingsbury's offense to where if Kyler Murray's feeling pressure from the inside, it can kind of just completely sink this offense that has struggled out of the gates the first four games of the season. Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox present a problem for that interior. And and you mentioned a couple names, you know, still hopeful that Rodney Hudson can go. I think he's got a better shot than Justin Pugh. Hudson, presumably in his last year, maybe in the NFL, we know Pugh's going to be done after this year. You're just, you're trying to just keep him alive and healthy for 17 games and whatever that looks like. So Friday practice will be telling uh, I floated an idea on Twitter that was quickly shut down by the faithful. <laughs> we love you, Cardinal fans. But, you know, Josh Jones played played some guard last year. They won games with him at guard. Was he great? No. But I almost, Bo, at this point, would rather see Josh Jones, who's been in the program for several years, play guard than Coda Martin or street free agents like Billy Price, who has not seen field for this team at all. That, to me, like, I give me a guy who at least knows the playbook and can be competitive and competent at times. Sean Harlow, I mean, I, I think in a perfect world, if you're going to play Sean Harlow, Pew's playing guard next to him, and vice versa, if he's playing guard next to Rodney Hudson, where things, where you would have to, in my opinion, consider Josh Jones is if Sean Harlow was playing center and Pew is also out. Do you get the sense that that's on the table at all? No, I mean, I think that ship has sailed and the organization's going to be pretty... Uh, 
steadfast as far as their approach to Jones is the tackle going forward. But I, I hear you. I mean, I would think that in a, in a spot start situation, filling yeah. in a guy that's not going to see the field otherwise. I mean, I, I got to imagine that he's got much of a chance, if not better to, to protect Kyler Murray in this situation, but you know, this team is, is stubborn in, in its ways, especially on the coaching staff and how it approaches its, its personnel, its players and Josh Jones, it seems like they've just made their decision and they're, and they're moving forward with him as, as a tackle. But no, I agree. I mean, I know it wasn't pretty, you know, it wasn't pretty uh, at the begin at beginning of the season in 2021. Uh, it seemed like it was a possibility. He looked like he could survive at the guard position and then, you know, took two steps back. Uh, and that's what Cardinals fans remember. And, you know, from the fan standpoint, they feel like don't ever do it again. But if you're a yeah. coach and you're, you're, you know, pushed into a corner, like the Cardinals potentially could be with the interior of their offensive line. I don't see why not. I don't see if you just, if you just check him out in practice and if his technique is just completely flawed and can't compete, then don't do it. But I would hope that they're at least keeping the door cracked open even the slightest bit. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, Josh Jones had a really good preseason. He's the heir apparent at right tackle for Kelvin Beecham. Uh, to me, just give give me somebody who's been with Sean Kugler longer than a day. You know, Billy Price in a month from now, I would feel better about it. You know, Sean Harlow, who himself got a lot of praise from this, you know, coaching staff, did not look good. Uh, he was one of their lowest rated players when he played earlier this year out of necessity. So again, uh, much to be discussed on the injury front with the Arizona Cardinals, JJ Watt, once again, out uh, on Thursday, Bo, do you just get the sense that this is kind of a week to week thing and, and he's just kind of gearing up. Remember he, he was hurt at the tail end of the preseason, didn't play in week one. And now it's like, is it a guarantee? He's just going to miss, miss practices every week and route to hopefully playing on Sundays. Uh, here's something to keep in mind with, with J.J. Watt and missing practice on Thursdays. He was on the practice field on Wednesday, which is usually a veteran scheduled day off. So I don't know if he just flip-flopped them. Obviously, we don't have the luxury of, you know, talking to the coach. And just in, in this case, like Cliff Kingsbury, he wasn't available on Thursday to talk to the media, you know, if they just flipped those days. So it could just be that scenario. And, you know, he's going to miss a day of practice a week. And I'm – you know, this is this has now become a pretty unique case because he's not just it's not the calf. It's it's I'm sure he's dealing with other medical issues. And, uh, you know, probably that that heart thing, trying to get more and more uh, data to figure out, you know, what's the safest way to proceed here. Yeah, uh, hopefully we continue to get positive news on that front. He He's mm-hmm. been staunch in the in the mindset that, you know, his doctors rightfully so have. Uh, in his mind, cleared him to play, and, and he's done everything for, in terms of you know precautionary measures to, to do that. Um, but be anxious and interesting to see if he ends up on the on the injury report again on Friday with something designated and being questionable. Let's let's look in the secondary now. Antonio Hamilton scheduled to return. I mean, do you have any doubts that you know the 28 year old journeyman corner is going to crack the lineup on Sunday and be active for this team? I think he's going to kind of take the Trayvon Mullen um, just path to getting back in the lineup. So I would say they're going to bring him along cautiously because the way I watch him in practice was very similar to the way that Trayvon Mullen was uh, going about practice where he got in there once he was healthy enough to get onto the practice field 
he was shadowing a little bit. And Trayvon Mullen has now taken over like the outside corner spot. Byron Murphy's inside and Marco's outside. Antonio Hamilton is kind of shadowing Marco Wilson in the two days that he's been back. So I kind of get the feeling that he's going to be, you know, that fourth corner and he'll play. I mean, he'll probably dress, um, but will he see actual snaps on, on the defensive side of the football? I think that that's, that's a valid question. And I'm a little skeptical that he's going to see a ton of action in his, in his first eligible game, potentially coming off that NFI list. Want to round out the injury concerns with somebody, unfortunately, who is not foreign to this list, that being Rondell Moore, Boat was reported today. He uh, was limited in practice with, what was it, a foot? or yeah. Uh, a, yeah, a foot injury that's basically undiagnosed at this point and was, you know, I don't know how many reps he took with the with the first-team offense, but, I mean, it's a little disheartening a week after he comes back I'm sorry, it was a knee. It was a knee. A knee. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought it was a foot as well. Okay. So a week after, a week and a half after he comes back, um, you know, without a vengeance against Carolina, and you hope to ramp up his production this week, he's already limited with another alien body part in his lower body. Now, what do you make of Rondell Moore? And is this kind of the white flag of trying to get Greg Dorr back into the swing of things with the first-team offense? Does A.J. Green take back a bunch of snaps like, uh, is how how telling will Friday's practice be with Rondell Moore? I think the wide receivers is just going to be a very it's going to be an interesting group to watch, and you you should be concerned as far as how they're going to reinsert potentially a couple guys into this offense on the fly because it didn't look great with Rondell Moore, and you would yep. hope that this team realizes the error of its ways by not giving or by giving more the snaps that Dorch had earned. Right. I mean, Greg Dorch is an incredible season. Uh, just one catch against the Carolina Panthers and basically no yak. I think it was like a catch. He might've had one yard uh, after the catch, but even with that, he's still in the top 10 in the NFL as far as yards after catch with 157. Like that's how good of a job he had done previous three games. He still caught 21 of 24 targets uh, which is very efficient. And, you know, Hollywood Brown's got, I think, like 15 balls that went his way that he, yeah. he didn't catch. So uh, Dorch was targeted at a pretty decent clip. And he cut, hauled every single ball that he saw his way almost down, and he m- made plays after the catch. It's just like it's. It, I, I hope that they reincorporate him in, in the game plan, prioritize that over maybe reincorporating a guy like A.J. Green. But I, I think we're – we're wise to the fact that this organization will probably not do that and yeah. get AJ Green back in a Z role. And on third and two, Kyler Murray is going to be throwing a deep ball to him, and you're going to be, you know, pounding your fist against the against the wall or against your table because out of frustration. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, Rondell Moore, he's he physically stretching. What I see at practice, he looked fine. I, I don't imagine unless the knee is something that happened afterwards. So we'll see tomorrow. Friday is is going to be a a big, big day for this Arizona Cardinals team. Friday is always a great day. Check out Four Peaks in Tempe or, you know, if you're in the airport, it's when one of the terminals there, Four Peaks. Great place to grab a beer, some great food, hang out with some friends. Great atmosphere, that's for sure. We always have, uh, we've got a couple of viewing parties. We're hanging out there every last Wednesday of the month. Stay tuned for more party information at Four Peaks. Got to be 21 years older if you want to enjoy the Kilt Lifter 
pumpkin porter, all their great brews. Uh, you want to enjoy those as well responsibly. Also, let's talk about OGs. Another thing you got to be 21 years or older to enjoy, and they're changing the game. They just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy. Not going to be able to sleep on these. Yeah, you heard it right. OGs is now flavoring dreams along with flavoring life. They've got a two to one THC to CBM ratio gummy. CBN is that compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. And the sleep edition gummy is there. It's in the new aqua berry flavor. It's delicious and it's going to help you go to sleep, stay asleep, flavor your dream up. We highly recommend you check out OGs online, ogsbrands.com. That's O G E E Z brands.com or on Instagram. You can find their products, your local dispensary. You know, I've been perusing around the internet uh, this week kind of doing an assessment of opposing teams and, and who might be ready to start jet setting veteran players that aren't getting it done for them, or might be too expensive in contract years. And, but we touched on it a little bit earlier this week on our Wednesday show about who we'd like to see become available and for the Cardinals to target at the trade deadline. And, you know, somebody brought up something really interesting to me that, you know, I hadn't really thought about yet. And it just, the Rams have a lot of problems but you know they're going to be aggressive at the deadline. You know they're not going to, you know, punt on this season. They're, they're going to go out and they're going to add pieces. They're going to add probably weapons for Matthew Stafford. They're, they're probably going to inquire about returning Odell Beckham Jr. And if I'm Steve Keim, knowing that San Francisco is going to get back, Trent Williams at some point, Elijah Mitchell, they're winning games without them now. Jimmy Ward comes back. We can never count out the Rams. I just I feel like this is not going to be a trade deadline for the fainted heart. You're going to need to be aggressive, and you're going to need to add specifically to this to this front seven. And uh, Bleacher Report had an article. I, I can't remember who wrote it, and it was you know trade block big board, and the number one player on that list was Robert Quinn because I think we're all just assuming that Chicago is going to go into a free fall at some point, and the 30 plus year old who had. 18 plus sacks last year is going to become available. I mean, how, how big of a trade deadline is this for Steve Kime to, to make his mark and to push this team over the top? Because he can't, he can't sit on his hands like he did last March and April, because these, these needs that we feel like are very apparent evident right now are, are only going to become more clear as the month progresses. Yeah, and Steve Kime, I think, finally realized that a couple seasons ago when he's been able to improve this roster beyond the offseason. And, um, I, you know, Robert Quinn, I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket, but he's certainly a name to to follow along with. And you would hope that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be, you know, some of the teams, a bunch of the teams that are going to be shooting calls to the Chicago Bears. And I don't think, like, Quinn is the only guy on that roster, like, that you should end with you yeah. look at the guard position for the Cardinals and, and Michael Schofield would be a good option for the Chicago bears. Another interior offensive line. As we talk about the injury, uh, that position uh, on the line is, is ravaged at this point. You've got uh, also, you know, as far as Ro- Roquan Smith, you can dream big there. So there's three options just on the bears alone. But I think that, you know, a lot of teams are kind of realizing even with the extra playoff team, and you see all these two and two teams like are, are teams realistically going to feel like they're in this thing close to the deadline? Are, are they going to be able to tell whether or not they're in a playoff race or if or, or realistically where they stand as far as the NFL goes? So that's also going to be a big part of this. Like which players are going to be available? 
like Chicago's shockingly, aren't they one of the two and two teams at this point after right. their loss to to the Giants? It's like, and then the Giants are kind of a fraudulent three and one. It's it's yeah. it's really going to be interesting to see like who had an unrealistic idea of if they can compete or not, and do their players become available? I mean, we watched Thursday Night Football where you know the Colts should still be stuck at one win, and they got their second win miraculously because the poor play from Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, like you're looking at a couple tasty, you know, Colts players that maybe would become available if they start out slow again. So it's really going to be something to monitor over the next couple of weeks, but there are going to be some definite teams that slide out of this like Houston. That's why I keep on bringing up Jerry Hughes. Like Houston's the one winless team right now. They, they are a mess of a roster, but they still have a couple guys that would be appealing especially on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. Indianapolis, Yannick and Dockway, uh, who they traded for um, that. I think he's got one sack this year, but very yeah. disruptive player, two sacks. Cause he had a sack tonight against the Broncos. 27 um, year old, former Jaguar. Uh, and then Cleveland Farrell was also in that article I mentioned, and they did say best fit Arizona Cardinals. I'm not a huge fan given the fact of his lack of pass rush production, if I'm going to go after somebody, I at least want to know that that person can get after the quarterback. I'm not looking to take flyers on X first round picks unless I absolutely have to a la Billy price. But, you know, I can tell you definitively what I am going to take a flyer on and it's underdog fantasy. Our friends at underdog fantasy are doing a hell of a job getting the goods to you. And what I mean by goods, you can search in the app store Click on the links in the show note. Sign up, promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Bet on your favorite or least favorite NFL player statistics over under. We play every weekend. It's fantastic. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. And speaking of action, check out our guy Howard Balzer at gophnx.com. Cranking out articles on the reg. Uh, Use promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, for the latest with the Arizona Cardinals, does a fantastic job uh, out there at practice with my counterpart, Bo Brock. We've got you covered from all angles here at PHNX Cardinals. And Bo, as we put a bow on this show, I want to mm-hmm. talk about just kind of the perception of Cliff Kingsbury because he has kind of quieted the noise a little bit as it relates to he's going to be the first coach to get fired. I think guys like, of course, the guy he beat last week um, uh, in uh, Matt Rule in Carolina mm-hmm. – Talk about somebody like <clears throat> Frank Wright tonight uh, that saved his job, potentially at the expense of somebody like Nate Hackett. Will he get to later in the season? I think Cliff, it's going to be funny. If they go and beat Philadelphia at home this weekend and they're suddenly above 500 with some winnable games on their schedule, I think everything's going to quiet down for the fourth-year head coach. Um, and it's funny where we were about 10 days ago Everybody wanted him fired after the Rams game. And we even called last weekend against Carolina a must win. But, I mean, you talk to him every day. What's what's the perception? What's the vibe around Cliff Kingsbury here week to week for the Arizona Cardinals? It, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we we took it as kind of a classy um, exit for Andy Isabella a couple of days ago when we heard his parting words to Cliff Kingsbury, like, prove him wrong, coach. And I think that was kind of just very interesting that those were his words to his head coach. Like mm-hmm. but that's the, that's the perception. That's, that's what's talked about within the walls of that organization. So within the walls, you know, they feel like they're not 
getting them a whole lot of respect. Like Andy Isabella, a quiet guy, is picking up on that. So obviously, I think he's got a, a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, I think, you know, Thursday night, it, it wasn't the only like offensive, uh, just horrible offensively played game in the NFL. It's, it's across the league. Offenses are down and the Arizona Cardinals are a part of that. Uh, if, if Cliff can weather this storm and, and help this team figure it out offensively, and I know a bunch of people are skeptical about his ability to do so, but tradition, like as far as his, his track record, this team has improved in what two and a half wins per season under Cliff Kingsbury each and every year. And offensively, they've improved in almost every major statistical category. So the idea that they're going to take a massive step backwards with the group that they have in place, I think that's actually the most unrealistic thing. So he should be in a good, pretty good spot, especially when the, when the schedule kind of lightens up after Philly, you got Seattle and you can say what you want about Geno Smith. I'm still not going to, I'm not going to be with somebody that's going to buy hook line and sinker on Geno Smith early on in the Seahawks. Um, so you know, I think that, uh, that that Cliff and this team say what you will. They're still very confident in their ability as far as the coach calling the plays and then the players executing them. They just want to get to a point where they're at full strength and that they've got you know all the rust knocked off from their odd, unique, whatever you want to call it, uh, country club preseason and training camp. So the Cardinals have 13 games left, and before the season, I like to do this. It's called the the QB Pro Bowl eye test um, and the matchup. Do you have a, a, a quarterback matchup with Kyler Murray in how many games? And I don't remember what it was before the season. But looking ahead, Bo Brock, from week five through week 18, uh, I'm seeing the Arizona Cardinals have at least the better quarterback in half of those, if not three-fourths of those. So take that for what you will. The Cardinals have, have lost with Kyler Murray facing guys like, you know, Cam Newton on his last leg. So I, I get that. But, I mean, let's just assume Cardinals lose to Jalen Hurts, who's having a phenomenal season on Sunday. They get Geno Smith, then potentially Andy Dalton or Jameis, then Cousins, then Geno Smith again. Then whatever the hell is going on with Matthew Stafford. And so you want to chalk that up as a W, go ahead. Jimmy Garoppolo, who they've had a ton of success against. Then they get Justin Herbert, which is the true one. You look at that matchup, Bo, on November 27th, where I think a lot of people would argue that right now they'd rather have Justin Herbert. But then it's New England, and they could be down to second and third string guys at Denver. When Denver looks like with Russell Wilson, he's completely washed. Tom Brady comes to town on Christmas Day, but then you get Marcus Mariota and Jimmy Garoppolo again. So mm-hmm. if it's really a quarterback-driven league, and you've got the better quarterback in, what, two, two-thirds of those matchups, three-fourths of those matchups? Like, to your point, it's just the team is going to be, I think, too talented to just bow out and win mm-hmm. six games. And I've been consistent in this messaging, Bill Brock, as long as number one is healthy for this team over the course of 17 weeks, they'll be a playoff team. Like I, there's no reason for me to, to, to think any different. And there's no reason for you out there to check out any ticketing site. That's not game time. If you're a procrastinator out there, if you're thinking to yourself, I want to go to the game on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I know tickets are going to be crazy expensive. Think again, you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute using the Game Time app. It's great for you procrastinators out there. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets 
through the link in the description. Check them out right now. They were super cheap against the Rams and the Chiefs. Check them out against, I don't know how many Philly fans are going to be there on Sunday, Bo, but I would love for these Cardinal fans that are on the fence about seeing this team potentially lose another home game. Check out game time, save some coin, and then go and, and cheer on Kyler Murray and company. Yeah, and there's also no reason at this point to be parched ever. And if you ever are feeling parched, it's time to murder your thirst. And the best way to do that is Liquid Death, one of our new favorite sponsors. You might be noticing when you're watching us uh, on the live YouTube show, maybe some tall boys, and you're like, oh, the, the, the fellas are throwing back a couple cold ones. It's like, yeah, we are. But we're not getting we're not getting hammered or anything. We're actually quenching our thirst and we're hydrating ourselves with liquid death. Yeah, that's right. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps. It's like really, really hoity-toity stuff. Mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. And they're also helping you know kill plastic pollution with their yeah their canned tall boys. There, that's why Love it's that. called liquid death. Brutally murders your thirst, and it uh, it helps you. Recycle a little bit easier with the tall boy cans, bringing death to plastic bottles, which you love to hear. We've got uh, you got free shipping and all water and merch at liquiddeath.com slash PHNX. Yeah, save yourself on shipping by going to liquiddeath.com slash PHNX, or you can just find them in your local Target fries or sprouts. Black helmets, are they going to make a difference on Sunday, Bo? You've been, you're the only <laughs> person that I know that have seen them consistently in person. Yeah. It's uh, they're they're the real deal. You know, you got the little red uh, flakes in them. They they, I can't wait to see them. So it's gonna be white pants. It's gonna be the same uniform you saw against the Ravens in, in the preseason. So it's gonna be the black tops with the black helmet, and then you got the white pants. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. I I would love to kind of see them murdered out, but uh, maybe that's for Thursday night football and they go full color rush on them. But yeah, it, it's got to give them a little boost. I will say Thursday. The team was was practicing with a little extra oomph. I don't know what it was. I don't know if they were pumped up, if the idea about p- potentially uh, giving the the Eagles their first loss of the season, they're amped up about that, or, or a lot. Of, you know, most of the position groups outside the interior, of the offensive line are healthy. Uh, it, it was just really interesting. Guys were flying around. Guys were kind of hitting as hard as they can hit in practice. So um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Kyler Murray. Right now, 4-0 against his predecessor and successor at Oklahoma. I don't think he wants to suffer his first L to those guys, and Jalen Hurts is, stands in his way. Be interesting to see. I'm, I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up about our Friday show. You, me, the great Frank Sanders, live to PHNX Studios Friday at 4.30. Be there. In the meantime, be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.